Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But don't forget, with that $50 or more first-time deposit, you're also going to get that free CHGO membership. Access to all of our great web content and even a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Two grand and free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker. All that for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Make sure you use that promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Friday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. And fellas, the hockey gods have smiled upon us one more time with some more breaking news over the last 24 hours. We've got new deals for uh Philip Kershev, I blanked on his name. I wrote PK, and I'm like, PK, PK, who's PK? PK Subban is now a black <laughs> Breaking <rock>. news. <laughs> Philip Kershev. Uh, 750000 Yep, one year, 750 k for Kershev. One year, one point three five for Caleb Jones. We're going to get into that. Jeff Agris of the Sun-Times had a little update on the Blackhawks broadcasting search with Eddie Olchek officially joining the Kraken on Thursday. Uh, Patrick Sharp's name is in the loop. Team USA won again. And the Blackhawks prospects were front and center. And we've got some uh, some other stuff to get to as well. So I think we start with the news of the day and get into the new deals. Uh, not a huge surprise. We knew these were coming. Uh, Amy Jones, uh, Seth and Caleb's mother, broke the news yesterday um, <laughs> that that Caleb had signed his one-year deal. The total cap hit $1.35 million. And like we said, Philip Kurashev, seven hundred fifty k. Seems a little high for Caleb for me, a little low for Kurashev for me. So, cool. You're basically it spending out. two million on those players, which is completely fine with me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was the same way. I said I, I texted you guys when those deals came out. I said, I said Kurashev seems a little low. That's like league minimum. Um, I thought he played. I think I thought he played at a level that was a little bit more deserving than that. But I mean, again, uh, the the Caleb Jones being at one point three five, it evens out. Um, seems like they, I I think that's more than Stillman makes, or is he one point five? Riley see, Stillman. Stillman makes uh, one point three five, so identical. Oh, identical. Okay, yep. well there you go. So all your seventh defensemen make the same amount of money. So that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think there's anything. You can't anything scratch r- me and make more than him. Not anymore, <laughs> pal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's completely fine. One year deals. Um, nothing wrong with that. They gotta, they gotta prove it. They gotta prove it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with these. Yeah, not too much to be uh, upset about. I'm sure there are people who are, though. I'm sure there are people screaming to the high heavens that the rebuild is a failure because Caleb Jones is back. But um, yeah. <laughs> those people um, are miserable. And thanks for listening. Um, but yeah, the Caleb is. Uh, <laughs> It's fine. If he's your sixth or seventh defenseman, it's fine. Just, uh, seriously, you're right, though. Like, Imagine being mad about Caleb Jones. Right. right like, seriously. Yeah. Like, go out and hey, get some fresh cares? air. Yeah, Take a outside, walk. Grab a coffee or something. Go smell some flowers. Go lay down on some train tracks. Do something give different. Your, <laughs> give, your, give your head a shake, as they say up north. <laughs> give yeah. your balls a tug. 
Yeah, there's a lot of things to say. Do uh, something. Do something productive. Yeah. Something positive. It's not the end of the world, folks. Yeah, it's okay. Well, I like the sun you. Will, the sun will still rise in in the east tomorrow. It's gonna be all right. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned uh, show me, you know, show me deal for Kershev and Jones. Kershev, you know, interesting. I'm trying to kind of, as we go in our head, as we look at the roster that's uh, that's assembled. Um, where does he fit? You know, what is Philip Kurashev's role? And we're going to get into it a little bit later in the show. But if if what Scott Powers reported on Tuesday that the plan is to start Lucas Reichel in Rockford this season, um, then he's going to be top six. Maybe. I mean, yeah. you know, there's not really a ton of other options up there, especially if Reichel's not there. If he's... Reichel's not there, your second center is what, Tyler? His who? Tyler, Tyler Johnson? Johnson? Yeah. Sheesh. So, yeah, I mean... I mean, Kurashev kind of bounced around the lineup last season. Um, p- played pretty well in a de- in a in a short stint as a top six option, but uh, I mean that was that was Derek King's vision for him. Um, we'll see what Luke Richardson really uh, how he sees him fitting into the lineup. And we still have to go through training camp in the preseason. There could be someone, you know, there could be someone uh, that that shows a lot of progression from last year to this year and, and really, you know, lights things up in camp and, and, and through the preseason and forces their way into a, a top six role that maybe we weren't expecting, like a Kurashev or maybe even Lucas Reichel does that. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think Kurashev has a lot of versatility to him. He can play up or down in the lineup. He can play center. He can play wing. Um, but it kind of, you kind of just kind of figure out like, what is he exactly? Like you said, Jay, like what, is he is he just going to bounce around the lineup, or is he going to legitimately like hold on to a spot this season? Yeah, I think that's the key for Kershaw this year is for Luke Richardson and his staff to define exactly what he is. Um, versatile is is definitely a word they use to describe him, but you know I think it was so inconsistent last year because he was. You know, you mentioned he had a couple of a couple of games playing top six towards the end of the year, and he actually produced. He had a couple assists, a couple of goals, looked decent out there. Yeah, it's weird how players perform better when you put them with better players. I know it's a strange and unique <laughs> strategy, but when you put talented players with other talented players, good things usually happen. But you know, one night he'd be on the fourth line, then he'd be on the second line, then he'd be scratched for two games, and he's back on the fourth line, then he's on like yeah. Then he's on for the power young, play. Then it, like yeah, yeah like just for all a young player, that's counterproductive. At mm-hmm. some point, some guys can do it. A lot of guys can't at that age. You know, basically in your second full NHL season, and every time you come to the rink, you're playing something different with different line mates. That's got to be tough, and that can be a lot to do with the the production not being where you want it. Um, it's just 21 points in, in 67 games, I believe it was. So. Um, finding a specific role for him. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a guy that can move up and down the lineup. You want guys like that. But just because they can move up and down the lineup doesn't mean they have to move up and down the lineup every game. Pick a yeah. pick a, a lane for our, our guy, Phil, and see what he does. That's, that's going to be important. I think he could be a decent player, but he's got to have his role defined better. I think what's challenging about Kurashev is he's probably not good enough – offensively to be a permanent top six on a good team. He is not good enough defensively to, or physical enough to play a bottom six role consistently on a good team. So when he's kind of like a guy without a place to be. And when I see Kershaw, like when the, if, and when the Hawks get good again, somebody like Philip Kershaw is going to be the Brandon Peary. It's going to be the guy that's called up when one of your top six guys is hurt and you need to add some scoring punch. I do not think he's a top six NHL forward. And I, I don't see enough in his game. Like, yeah, you can move him up and down, but you put him on the third and fourth lines and he's basically invisible, right? He has to be a scoring threat to succeed. This year, he should at least early on get that opportunity. But I just don't like that. I think that's the problem with Kurashev is he's such a tweener. Um, you know, like we, we're going to talk about later, like guys like Slagger and, and Entwistle and the myriad bottom six forwards the Blackhawks have in their system, they're all able to come up and play a physical style and get in front of the net and go into the corners and do all those things. And it's not to say Kurashev can't, 
but it's more of a it's not his game. That's not yeah. he, he's a scorer. He is supposed to be a scorer and I just don't know if he's got the skills to be a regular NHL producer which really leaves him in a tough spot when this team does start to compete again and that's maybe why they see him on a one-year deal because it's like look we need some offense this year this is a guy we can move up and down we're not really looking to win but when you're looking to win again where is his spot I don't know I don't see it I just and I like him I like Philip Kurashev a lot I just I see him as like you know we talk about in baseball like a 4a player I think Philip Kurashev is a 4a hockey player you know it's it seems to me that like if he if he were to peak his skill set i think he'd be great on like a third line on a good team that like they need him to produce some offensive pop and play like 13 to 14 minutes i feel like that's like what he what he would do best in um i don't think that that's the role he's going to play on this team next season i think he'll probably see some more minutes he'll probably see some more um responsibility but I think that's just kind of by design of the lineup. Like, like you said, like once, once the Blackhawks fill out their lineup a little bit more with some more competitive, competent players in the forwards group, if Kurashev is still in the mix, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I really don't know. I, I would assume unless he like breaks out in the next year or two, uh, he'd, he'll eventually be buried in the lineup. He's 22 years old. Last year for the Hawks, uh, 67 God, games. Just 22? Yeah. Wow. Six yeah, goals, fifteen assists. Three before the season starts, I believe. Uh, his birthday is not listed. Oh, here, October twelfth. So right when the season uh, begins, he happy birthday! Play the Avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, kind of sounded like we're going right when we saw Brandon the other day. Might be going to Denver. Be I don't know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go yeah, watch the Hawks lose seven one, and then have to sit in a DNVR sports bar and wear it. You know, there's there's worse plays. There's worse yeah, places exactly. to see that game than uh, at the DNVR bar. So, yeah, I can, uh, we we'll, can handle We'll see that. how it no, goes. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just think it's it's interesting. And and look, at 22 years old, entering age 23, this could be the year where he has a bit of a breakout. Look, he's not he's not going to be Alex DeBrinket. But if you're looking at a 40-point guy instead of a 25-point guy or a 45-point guy, maybe someone in the 15-goal range. Could he be Chris Versteeg of the 2010s? I like that maybe. comp. Maybe. In, in terms of role, I really like that yeah. comp. Steger seemed a little more... He played more, more a little more engaged. Yeah. Than it, I think I've seen Kurashev ever play. Can Kurashev rap? That's the important question. Oh, we know Versteeg can't, so. <laughs> so it shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> oh, but in his head, he can. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Really he had the confidence um, that he could. Can we do a, a Throwback Thursday episode on uh, Chris Versteeg's rap chops? I yeah, want to. And I mean, we've, been and try, we've been trying to get him on the show. Let's, I yeah, love, let's see what he's one of my to. favorite Hawks of all time. I, I just love can, him. I can remember when he came out to do that, and I'm like, all right, now Steger's going to come out and, and rap. And it was like slow motion. I'm like, don't. This is a bad idea. <laughs> this shouldn't happen. Please stop. And it was worse than I imagined. Oh, yeah, man. it was. He uh, did so... it at, at both uh, parades, 15 and 10, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> it was one of those things where it was like, this is so <laughs> awful that it's, ama- <laughs> that it's amazing. That's yeah. how bad it was. Um, good for him. But... Yeah, I mean, Kershev, that I've, it's a make-or-break year for him. You hate to say that about a 23-year-old, but for this organization, I think this is the year he has to show that he's worth keeping around. And if it's another 21 points in 70 games, then he's probably on somebody else's team next year. I don't see them really investing much uh, going forward if there's not a leap, or at least... Mm-hmm a nice step. I don't want to say a leap. He doesn't have to become a superstar, but he just has to show a little more something and maybe a new coaching staff, a a, a coaching staff that's here from day one and you don't have all the uncertainty and the craziness Mm -hmm. of last year. You know, he knows who his coach is. He knows, hopefully he gets his role defined from day one and you go with that and you see what happens. But I think if they really thought that they had something here, he would have gotten more than just the one year and the 750,000. So I think they're kind of telling him, Hey, we like you. We just don't like you a ton. Go out and make us like you a ton. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to put it. It's here's an opportunity, right? Um, you're going to have his your year to do it here. because yeah. 
if there's ever a year for Philip Kurashev to become a, an important guy, this is the year because as the rebuild moves forward and some of these young guys start making their way to Chicago, he's going to get pushed further and further down the lineup if he stays where he's at. Yeah. So this is his year to, to tell the Blackhawks, I'm a guy that it should be here for the long haul. Well, and he has to look at it too is if he, and if he can't make it stick on this Blackhawks team, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You're yeah, kind where, of, where you're else kind else of out of, not gonna you're probably where looking at him going go? to Europe to play. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's I mean he's he's young. He's got time to kind of uh figure figure stuff out like that. But yeah, I mean I think a a, a more stable uh coaching staff in theory uh and and again in theory a more stable front office this season um should do wonders I think for a lot of the young players. Um and it's just the team in general. Um not that you know we're we're looking to contend again uh this season but i think it'll do just even just day in and day out we'll do a lot more uh good good for for players and and uh good for them on on more of the mental side of things the more you know like you said like coming into the coming into practice coming into games coming to the rink every day and not really knowing exactly what to expect that's that's not a good environment to uh to be in especially if you're focusing on development so i mean hey if kurdishev comes in puts up 30 points this season I mean, what's to say that they don't just give him another one-year deal and be like, hey, come on back. We'll give you one more try. We're probably not going to contend again next year anyways. And, uh, and and just see, you know, just see if, if, if it takes another year and it takes another step. If there's small progressions, I think it's worth it for a guy at that age and that cheap. Um, because then once you get to the 2024 20, season, then we're talking, okay, are the wheels in motion? Are we looking at, uh, you know, a Lucas Reichel being like, hey, he's in our top six squarely. He's a he's a guy going forward. Are we looking at a Landon Slager as like he's out of college and he's and he's moving forward? Like like what are we looking at here at that point in time? That summer of 2024, leading into the 24-25 season. And it should be noted, but both guys uh, have, are restricted free agents after these deals, so the Hawks will still have the rights. Kershaw, yeah. Um, Caleb Jones will be restrict will be arbitration eligible, so that's mm. the only difference in the two contracts with those guys. But um, I wonder, I wonder with Luke Richardson here now, and Luke Richardson being pegged as the guy, not a stopgap coach, but the guy that's going to be here and be the coach when the when they're contending again, whether Supposed that remain, whether that happens, we'll see how that plays out. But that's the idea. So having a guy like that here with a guy like Kurashev and some of these other younger players, how big of a difference is that going to make as far as the work they put into it or their mindset, knowing that, hey, if I want to stay in this team, i got to do what he says, as opposed to last year where you started with a Jeremy Carlton who was gone after you know, 11 miserable games, and then Derek King, who never had that interim tag taken off to where you're like, well, I'm just going to go through the motions because chances are you're not going to be my guy, my coach after this season. But now you got Luke Richardson here. He's the guy that's leading this team through the rebuild and beyond. Maybe that changes guys like Kershev's mindset as saying, okay, I am going to like take more of what you say to heart and not saying he didn't or anybody didn't with Derek King, but I'm just wondering how that will play out as far, uh, between the ears with some of these guys. And, and with, with some of these guys between the ears is, is a bigger battle than on the ice. Sure. And I, I think just the opportunity to make a first impression for everybody, right? It's kind of a clean slate for everybody and where Colton had his favorites and King had his favorites. And before that, Quenville had his favorites. Luke Richardson will have his as well. Right. But it's a clean slate for everybody to come into camp and show him this is what I can do. This is how hard I work or don't. This is how much I can score or can't. Right. And Richardson will find his guys and find the roles for them. Um, it just seems like, you know, reading about Richardson over the last few years that he comes in very open minded, uh, very flexible. Not a guy who's like real, like hard and fast on this is how we do things and pounding the table and stuff like even when they were talking about the, the Blackhawks system, he's like, well, I probably don't want to play man-to-man, but we're going to look and see what kind of roster we have and, and decide based on that. And then, of course, they said we're going to do his own, as they should have. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah. you know, he, he, he didn't completely write off 
like, well, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen the team yet, but I, I typically would not play man to man. But if that's what the roster demands, then that's what we'll do. So his his I don't willingness, think the roster demands it. No, I don't think any does. Honestly, <laughs> nobody's does. Um, but the fact that he was even open minded to discuss it is something, and I think all, a lot of players see that and see, well, okay, I'm going to have a clean slate here with this new coaching staff. And yeah, Derek King is here and knows me, but I don't think he's going to be going to be, he will not be the final say on roster decisions. It really feels like Derek is almost like an advisor. Like an associate. Coach. Yeah. I would love to talk. I, I'm, I think we're going to talk to Derek soon, hopefully next week, maybe the week after. Um, Cause I would like to know, and he's not going to say like, well, my role is to tell Luke who these people are. Um, but I think hey, er- he might. <laughs> yeah. But like, er- but early on that, yeah. that might be like his best asset is I know it makes some of these younger guys tick. I've been with them in Rockford and Chicago. Uh, yeah. Here's what you need to know about dealing with these players and these people and this team in general. Yeah. I think that yeah. that's, that's beneficial for, for Luke Richardson to have for sure uh, to be able to have, that insight, uh, especially this first season where a lot of those guys are going to be um, players that, that King either, you know, had as a head coach in Rockford or was with last season as well, especially the younger players. Like, I don't I don't think you're going to have to worry about, like, a guy like, you know, figuring, who, what, what is Seth Jones? What is Connor Murphy? Like, we know these guys. We know <laughs> yeah. those guys. Right. We should talk about Caleb. I feel like Caleb Jones is the least discussed hockey player in Chicago sports history. <laughs> Honest to God, like. Really? I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's just. Uh, I'm glad he's back. A 25 year old with a yeah. bit of a pedigree who has shown signs of being like very, very competent. He just. I think the reason that people don't really talk about him is because he's just kind of. He just does his thing. And there's yeah. something about a guy who's, you know, pretty reliable, doesn't make a ton of mistakes, isn't going to change a game one way or another, but you can put him out there for 12, 13 minutes a night. And it, nothing's going to go disastrously wrong. There's value in that, right? Like the, like a yeah. calm guy you can trust a little bit. And I think that's what Caleb Jones is. And while they need um, some roster spots filled out in the NHL, makes perfect sense for him yeah. to get this deal. I, it's yeah. it, it, it's just how it feels. Like there's just no – I don't have any real like feelings for him, good or bad. It's like he's fine. It'll very likely be another rotational year for him unless yeah. he unless he jumps out and was just like, nope, I'm a full time starter. Well, that would yeah. be great if he could do that. Yeah, that's if, great. If Caleb Jones is your sixth or seventh defenseman, you're fine. If Caleb Jones is your third or fourth defenseman, yeah, not as good. Like, yeah, <laughs> things aren't going to Which plan. He, Guys have gotten hurt. Be. Some some maybe somebody died. I don't know, but um, jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you know. Lord. <laughs> Yikes. Things happen. <laughs> Leave Refugee Torres out of this. <laughs> um, so, but but he's a guy that last year did improve at the end of the year. Started, yeah. w- you know, when Murphy was out with an injuries and, and a couple other guys, Dahan was missing games. Those last post-trade le- deadline games, he was playing like second pair of minutes and was doing pretty good. Like he had a more, de- another guy, again, defined role, was given more confidence shown in him, and then that gave him, in turn, gave him more confidence on the ice. Another guy last year that was, okay, you're third pairing. Now you're out for two games. Now you're back in the third pairing. You're playing eight minutes. You're playing 12 minutes. Like that, That's got to take its toll. Yeah. But when he got more consistent play, and there was a few games towards the end of the year that he was getting 50, you know, he was, he was getting close to that 20-minute mark and was doing fine. He like, scored a couple goals late last year. Yeah, he he had more goals than Seth Jones, did he not? Or did they was have it the more? Same? It was either more. Or, either it was more or the same, but yeah. Either way, it's not not great. For, uh, for, uh, <laughs> it wasn't a lot, great for yeah. great for Caleb, but Seth, you're kind of like, come on, buddy. Um, Caleb had five. They both had five. Yep, they both, both had, had five. five. Yeah. Granted, Seth had 36 more assists, <laughs> uh, but still, uh, had you told me in the beginning of the year that Caleb and Seth Jones had been tied in goals, I would have been like, yeah, put down the edibles, pal, you're high. <laughs> uh, and yet, here we are. So That's yeah, what Caleb happens is... when you shoot 2.6% like yeah. Seth, Seth Jones did. Yeah. I want Caleb Jones to score the first Blackhawks power play goal by a defenseman <laughs> this season. Wow. That would be That would be fantastic, but... Caleb no, I like I like Caleb. Play. Yeah, we, we, let's get weird. Let's get let's get wild. That's game why one. they didn't game score one. any power play goals from defensemen last year because Caleb <laughs> Jones wasn't on the power play. There so you there's go. your problem. Oh, I just solved go. it for you. 
uh, the Caleb is fine. Like no, I, when he's out there, I don't get itchy. Yeah, and you know it's not like there's other guys that have been on this team that are still on this team or that that, that will be on this team that you're like, ugh, I don't want him starting a defensive zone shift. I've never had that worry about Jones. Sure, he has his flaws. He's made his mistakes, but uh, Jay, I think you described him perfectly very very competent that should be on his business card hi i'm caleb jones nhl defenseman very very competent he he is he is what he is i feel like at this point i don't think there's any i don't think there's a lot of uh room for him to get like to explode or anything like that into being like yeah he's definitely a second pair defenseman i think he is what he is he's he's a third pair defenseman on a on a really good team he'd be your seventh defenseman so yeah, I don't think there's any any issue with him um, being in the rotation. He's gonna he's gonna push some of these young players uh, in in the defensive group for for playing time. He's gonna make Ian Mitchell work to to earn ice time. He's gonna make Alex Vlasic and Alec Regula and Isaac Phillips. He's gonna make them work for ice time uh, because he has the the experience over them. He has you know. I don't want to say he's maybe more skilled than them, but he's more established in his skill set right now than than some of those guys are. So, you know, he's there to to push those guys to to get better and be better and take minutes away, which is what you want those young guys to eventually do. So, yeah, yeah I don't think there's anything wrong with him. And there's a chance for his role to increase as well based on when you look at guys like Connor Murphy, Jake McCabe, those are definitely trade candidates at some point in the season if they both are healthy and play well. Those are definitely guys that, you know, come trade deadline, uh, we'll probably be getting some phone calls about. So, you know, there's a chance for him to be a trooper, hold down that third pairing, help the young guys, and then maybe second half of the season, you're up on the second pairing if, if one of those or both of those guys are, are traded. All right, the other bit of news we got to get to today is the broadcast news. Uh, we're going to get to that, but first, Got to tell you about our friends at PointsBet. It is the absolute best way to support us here at CHGO. Download that app when you do. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. You'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000 when you do that. Go ahead and deposit $50 or more for your first-time deposit. That's going to get you a free CHGO membership. That gets you all of our web content and even a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So for a $50 or more first time deposit of points bet, you're gonna get two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free t-shirt, all that for that $50 or more first time deposit. It's your home for live in-play betting. Play along while you watch. The NFL is right around the corner and that those in-game bets are so much fun. You know, you just pick who's gonna have the lead at halftime, who's gonna, you know, score the next touchdown. Uh, what's the what's the point spread going to be in the third quarter? On and on and on. These in-game bets are so much fun to play. So download the Points Bet app right now and use promo code CHGO. It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with Points Bet. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. I'm going to do a little uh, self-patting uh, on the back here. Oh. If you listened to yesterday's episode and you took our advice on the points bet pick of the week, taking the Cubs in the to be leading after the first three innings, wah, 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 you're a winner. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we, we sometimes know what we're talking about. Congratulations, Mario. You are a, you are officially the points bet play of the week guy until you Let's lose. Go. So, yeah, there Let's you go. go. No I'm pressure. Ready. Heavy hey, is the if, head that wears the crown. <laughs> <laughs> and if you did, if you were smart enough to listen to Mario yesterday and make that bet on the Cubs, you could take those huge winnings you got on your points bet app, cash those out, and head over to f- our friends at FOCO and buy yourself some awesome officially licensed Chicago gear. That's right. Do, do they have team. a Harry Carey hologram bobblehead? Not yet, but they will be. I think that's an NFT. I don't think you get the actual ah, physical uh, um, bobblehead, but we'll, we'll, I will keep our eyes peeled for that hologram bobblehead. Um, but <laughs> CSGO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, or Bulls, FOCO will have something for you, your kid, a friend, or a loved one. I even saw that they have a whole bunch of really cool wwe bobbleheads so yeah they 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 know how to 
they know how to get to me. Uh, so if you're looking for some new gear, collectibles, or accessories, Foco has officially licensed gear for men, women, kids, with everything from those bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. Foco has got you covered with the best Chicago merchandise of your favorite team. Head on over to Foco, that's F-O-C-O dot com, and then use the promo code CHGO at checkout for 10% off all non-presale items. Go check them out. Grab yourself some cool gear. Do it. Foco is really cool. I was looking at it the other night, and there is so much cool stuff on there. Uh, yes, jump on, jump on Foco, jump on Points Bet, all those great things. And we got some other stuff to tell you about later in the show. But the news from yesterday, um, Jeff Agrist, uh, who is a sports media columnist for the Sun-Times, um, published a big piece with sort of some brain droppings on all things broadcast, like Odyssey is going to lose the Chicago Bears. Oof. Good, good, good move there. Uh, there's another <laughs> in the long line of good moves. Um, that whole thing is happening. But uh, Patrick Sharp seems to be the man the Blackhawks are trying to convince to replace Eddie Olchek. Um, I saw some mixed reviews on that. Most people were saying, oh, cool, Sharpie. Love Sharpie. Some people Most with people a... people are good with it. Yeah, yeah I think... I will say, uh, as a broadcaster, I think he needs a little bit of work. He's not bad. I think his biggest his biggest issue is like the energy level. I think sometimes he comes off as a little bit monotone, a little bit monotone, a little bit detached from the game. It's something that I've had to work on throughout my career because I just sort of have that monotone kind of conversational, low key kind of a guy, and it's uh, it's a very hard thing to overcome. But it comes with reps and it comes with practice. Yeah. So I think if he gets the job and is the guy for the better part of 82 games, he's going to get better. And I, I think the analysis is there. Uh, the ability is there. Now I think it's just a matter of does he want to do it? And that's kind of been my question about Sharp all along with mm-hmm. not just the Hawks, but just with the NBC stuff back in the day. It's I don't know. Is he interested in having this as a full-time career? And I guess that's the question the Hawks need to answer. Yeah. Well, in, 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 uh, the 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 piece with the, from the Sun Times from from Jeff Agrist, uh, he also mentions that you know Sharp and his family live out in Connecticut. So does he want to you know live temporarily in Chicago during the season and also do all the traveling and and, and all that too, or does he just want to pop in from time to time? I, I think if, if if NBC still had the uh, the rights, that's a good place to be living out there in Connecticut to do some NBC stuff, but. Um, you know, I, I, I think for Sharp, he was he was really good in the studio role uh, when he was with NBC. He did pretty good in between the benches when he's done that for for NBC Chicago and uh, for, for, for Hawks games and for for the national games when he did it. Um, but yeah, I think in the booth, he's good. He's knowledgeable. But yeah, I think the the, the energy thing is, is something that um, might uh, might might be something he he would have to work on. I think I think one of the reasons of many that I think people really like uh that that Sharp is potentially in the mix is that he's not Colby Cohen and I think a lot of people uh for for whatever reasons are just so anti Colby that it's just like you know you 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 mentioned Patrick Sharp and it's like yes, yes, anything, you know, but I just I don't know. I I I wonder if he'll be even just a part-time person. Because also mentioned in the article is that if if Sharp does it, but he's just part time, then Troy Murray would be another like fill in the gaps kind of option, um, which is great. Troy's great. I, I think he'd be really he'd be he's obviously tremendous on, on the radio broadcast. Um, so I think it'd be easy for him to transition to doing the TV broadcast. Um, you know, he's been doing it for many years. He has the uh, you know has has the reputation of of being uh, trustworthy as a, as a voice for the team. Um, but with that, I wonder then, okay, well then what does the radio call end yeah, up becoming? I, because Nick Olchuk's not there anymore. So I don't know. It's, I, I, I'm it's, tired it's of the, I'm tired of the rotation. Yeah. It's, yeah. Get somebody in Like whatever they do, it's gotta be permanent. Like you gotta yeah, find somebody. Get an somebody. 82 guy. You get, you yeah. got a brand new first time play by play guy. Get him a yeah. guy, a partner, that the two of them can work on 82 games worth of chemistry. Per- get a permanent guy. I mean, granted, Edzo wasn't permanent the last few handfuls of season with all his net. Get a guy here for 82 games. 
<clears throat> get get somebody that's going to grow with Chris Vosters and the two of them become a duo together over the next 5, 10, 20 years, whatever it is. Right. Um, Sharp, I think, would be fine. Yeah, I agree. Like, he doesn't have a ton of experience in the booth, but he would have the knowledge. He knows what he's talking about. And, and something that makes me optimistic that he would grow and become much better is because those first few times he was in studio he was he had deer and headlight syndrome he was like stiff as a board and like i don't know if this is going to work but as he got more time he loosened up he got better at it i because he was able to do that i have no doubts that sure those first few games might be rough but as the season goes along he'll get better and if you can't be energetic with chris voster sitting next to you then you you, (laughs) something's wrong with you that dude is a ball of energy yeah like if you if you're just gonna sit there and be meh sitting next to vosters then you you need to go to the doctor because there's something physically wrong with you so so i think any sort of growing pain you're going to experience with sharp or whoever this is the year to do it Right, yeah. like just yeah. ratings are going to be at an all-time yeah. low. Yes, let the like whoever. If it's Kaylee Chelios, if it's Chris Chelios, if it's Patrick Sharp, <laughs> if it's Troy Murray, if it's whoever, give them the bulk of the eighty-two to sit there together and work it out. The rotation the full season. It's the rotation is bad for everybody. Fans are tired of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Vosters is tired of it. He's he's got a hard enough task coming in here trying to replace Pat Foley and sort of simultaneous simultaneously Eddie Olchek right. at least give him the luxury of a, of a consistent partner. I, I just, I don't like the idea of interchanging and flip-flopping, even if it's two, if it's Troy for 40 and it's Sharpie for 42, whatever it might be, that's a little bit better, but man, it's just, and even, but then with the radio booth is screwed because then Weidemann's right. without Troy. And that is such a great broadcast. Right. It's just, I don't know. It's ugly. And this it, is what happens when you, when you let this happen, that would happen with Eddie, whoever, yeah. whoever you want to blame, whatever percentage you want to assign, it should have gotten done and you wouldn't be in this predicament. They F they effed around and now they're finding out yes. like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the, that's the term the kids like to use these days. But um, yeah, even in the, in the days with Olchek and Foley, when Olchek was on national duty and you had Steve Conroy in the booth, it was a completely different broadcast. Absolutely. Foley and Conroy were completely different than Foley and, and Edzo. And that, you got to have, this is the year, as you said, Jay, to just do it. So by the time this team is worth watching again, you have a duo that's now got two, three, four seasons under their belt and are clicking and people that come back go, well, I miss Pat and Eddie. Oh, but these guys are pretty good. Okay, they're entertaining. Right. I like them. You know, this is the time to do it. Just like we talk about with Philip Kershaw. This is the year to give him an expanded role. This yeah. is the year to give your new your new broadcast team 82 freaking games. Just permanent. I don't care who it is. Just make it permanent. Yeah, you got to you got to figure out what you've got. I, I just like I said, the, the rotation impacts everybody. It is it's very I did that I know it's a little bit different, but back when I was at the score with McNeil and and Spiegel, it was like Mac was off several times a week. There was a time where he missed like three months and every day Spiegel had a different host. And it was like, how do we even do a show? How do you even like plan? And how do you come up with segments? And how do you like every, everything's different every day. You've got to have that consistency. The, the, not only does the audience want it, but Vosters is going to want it. The crew is going to want it. They need to know. You know, if Chris Vosters needs his green tea with no brown M and M's or whatever, like his little nuanced things are. Vosters loves his brown M and M's, and I'm sure Eddie had his little things, and Pat had his little things. Those are all things that like the producers need to deal with and be ready for. And if they have to learn in three or four new personality types as the year goes on, it's it just is a really bad situation for everybody. So hopefully, really easy. Patrick Sharp's like, hell yeah, let's do it. I'm in. 82 games, boom, let's go. And they do it and make it work, and it works out well, and the chemistry grows, and you've got your next broadcast team for the next at least five or six years. That would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. that'd be that'd be a, a great setup. Yeah. And it, and it would be good because you got two very likable guys that are now the faces of your organization from the broadcast standpoint. You know, Sharp is a beloved player from an era of – the golden era of this franchise, mm-hmm. you know, the most successful era. He's a beloved player. And I think as time goes on, 
people are going to really warm up to Chris Foster's as well, just because of his personality and just what a really good down the earth guy he is. You know, we've had him on twice and I think people have gotten a peek inside of who he is as a person and he's just a likable guy. So you get two likable guys up there. It's going to make things work. Let's hope they don't figure that out here or we're all screwed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really handsome booth. Also, Chris Foster's will be there. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Ouch. Wow. I texted him that this morning. It's fine. <laughs> I said him the, the, oh, that was story. a pre-approved joke. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Nice, and he, nice. he had he was a very professional uh kind of a no comment just chuckled at the uh at the text nice, uh nice. so no confirmation from chris yes, no. but uh chris is a very self-deprecating <laughs> guy he fits in well with this group yeah. yeah uh anyway um got some more stuff to get to it's been it's crazy how it's uh, so, august 12th and we keep finding things to talk about a lot of stuff the going world junior championships have been really good especially if you're team canada or team usa and especially if you're a hawks prospect man landon slaggart it's just making a name for himself. Uh, two more points playing on the top line uh, last night. Scored a goal, had an assist. His assi- his goal came on a deflected shot from Blackhawks defenseman Wyatt Kaiser, a point shot that uh, where Landon Slaggart seems to live right in the slot in front of the yeah. net, making things happen for Team USA. Uh, so he has a point. No points for Dominic James last night, but he looked good in the game as well. He uh, won most of his faceoffs, so that's good. Yeah, this um, I gotta tell you, the IIHF website is not great. No, no, I can't like. I'm looking at the Shocking. box score, and I can't, <laughs> I can't like scroll past the points uh, department. So, yeah, they don't, they don't really have that available to the public uh, all that yeah, much. They, they don't put a lot of time on ice or faceoffs or anything. They basically just. Yeah, here's your, here's your points. That's 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 basically yeah. it. But well, yeah. there's clearly um, something there, but I can't like scroll. Like it looks like a sideways a sideways scrolling menu, but I can't sideways scroll it. So ah, cool. Well, Way to problem. grow the game. That's a problem. Make your information really really. Well, they need sponsorships on the boards for you to get, unlock those columns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We don't not have enough, a, not we, enough money to fix the website. <laughs> they don't have the the financing for this for the side. Blame Tim button. Hortons for saying nip. We're not sponsoring it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as far as the prospects go, it's been it's been a really good showing so far uh, for the the three U.S. players. Uh, Slaggart especially uh, has has you know uh, come right out of the gate and uh, established himself as not just hey uh, I'm just going to be an energy guy on the top line, but he's like hey I'm also going to like make things happen. Um, I think three he was on the ice for I think. Three or four of the U.S.'s seven goals, obviously an assist uh, on one of them. He scored one of them. Another one, uh, he was uh, just inches away from tipping the puck, uh, providing a screen. So yeah, he's he is definitely like like we talked about um, numerous times this week. His role is going to be that that player that goes to the the difficult areas of the ice uh, and and will make a living out of getting the puck back for, for more skilled players, uh, going into the corners, going behind the net, going in front of the net and doing, doing a lot of those things. Um, and, and he is so far, uh, been, uh, doing very well with the, uh, the net front presence there for, for team USA, for the, for their, their, their top line, uh, Kaiser as well. has been playing some pretty good minutes. Um, I think he, you know, he got the, uh, the assist, uh, last night, Dominic James has been playing very effectively, so that's that's really good to see. Ethan Del Mastro got into the game yesterday for Canada, didn't play a ton uh, in their eleven to one romping, but um, you know he, he was able to uh, to get into the game and uh, good for him. I mean, he's probably going to end up being scratched the rest the rest of the way, but uh, good for him to to get into the lineup and uh, uh, get some ice time in the tournament. And Victor Schornborg uh, was playing a, a, a depth role for Sweden, and I believe they won their game. It was either yesterday or, uh, or was it yesterday? Yesterday or Wednesday? I can't remember. But but yeah, I, I mean it's Wednesday, been a, it's, Wednesday it's been, they played. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah it's been a it's it's been a good showing. Uh, Connor Bedard looks great. So future Hawk uh, on the board. <laughs> gonna be uh, gonna yeah. be fun to have him in a Blackhawks uniform. Which of uh, Mason McTavish's six points was your favorite last night? Uh, the second uh, one. point number four. <laughs> good lord, that's <laughs> a man of boys, man. Jeez. That guy is. Oh yeah. yeah. Didn't yeah. he play he played all year in the NHL, didn't he? I think so, yeah. With, uh, no. Or no. He no, he had his 9 games and then they Who am I thinking oh, of? Oh, okay. 
uh, um, with Columbus. Cylinder. Oh, yeah. Cylinder. Cylinder. Yeah, that's yes, what I'm yes, yes, The guy yeah. taken with the Blackhawks With the Blackhawks yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's what it was. Uh, uh, yeah, McTavish, McTavish yeah, three points in nine games for Ducks Anaheim. Are, Ducks are going to be pretty good, boys. They're going to have a nice little team out there in Anaheim. McTavish, out of those three Zegers. out of those three California teams, the Sharks, don't sleep on them. I think they're going to be pretty good in two, three years, too. Thomas but Bolo. out of those three teams, I think Anaheim is going to be the best one right now. I know the Kings get a lot of love because they made the playoffs last year, but that because somebody had to make the playoffs from that division. <laughs> Going forward for the next 10 years, if you give me the choice of those three California teams on which one I want to have, I'm going with the Ducks. Mason McTavish and Trevor Zegers, thank you. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie I'm good. Jamie Drysdale as well. Jamie too, Drysdale. Um, if they could just get, you know, and they got, a, they got a good young goaltender coming up the ranks too. Um, I know, you know, they still got John Gibson, but John Gibson's kind of, you know, I think his best years That's, are behind him. Yeah, it's weird. I, I he's he kind of was... declined really quickly. Um, not that he's terrible by any means, but maybe he'll have a Jonathan Quick resurgence and all of a sudden get good again in his 30s. But um, I take the Ducks right now out of those three teams. You give me those three total organizational depth rosters from top to bottom. I'll take the Ducks over the Kings and the Sharks. So I think the Sharks are going to be pretty good. I love William Eklund, who we're not seeing in this tournament because he's going to be with the Sharks this year. So those three-game trips through California are going to be hell for Eastern Conference teams in the next couple of years. Not a lot of points going to be had out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, looking at the Hawks guys, you know, I saw saw our, our buddy Tab Bamford yesterday on Twitter made a comp to Ryan Hartman for Landon Slagger. And I thought... It's interesting in terms of like type of player, skill set, that sort of thing. I don't know if Slacker will ever have that sort of output offensively. I don't think he's got the the Hartman edge. I think he's I think I think he's I think he plays fast, physical, gritty, but I don't think he's gonna punch many people in the mouth. Or try to at least. We'll see. I mean he might have to learn how to do that, you know. Yeah, that's true. They don't um, really do that. In but you talk about does he have the offensive output of Ryan Hartman? Ryan Hartman didn't have the offensive output of Ryan Hartman until this past season. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I'm not, I'm going to go on a limb here and say half a season because, like, you know, shocking, he came back to earth the second half of the season in the postseason. So, um, yeah, that's a decent comp, I think. Maybe not as physical, but I don't know what kind of player Ryan Hartman was at. 19 years old either i wasn't following him along so um yeah i mean people love the brendan hagel comp that seems to be the hey if he could just be brendan hagel we'll be okay you know he's the standard we hold all of our prospects to these days uh, i don't know if he's as fast as as brendan hagel or or maybe i don't know but um how about landon slaggart just be the first landon slaggart in blackhawks history like sure. go out and be your own dude you can be you know that's what i always love about these prospects he could be the next guy i'm like just be the first whoever he is like just be his best player like we don't need to comp everybody to everybody else um it gets exhausting no, after that's a while what we, that's what you have to do yeah that's that's, that's what YouTube's you gotta job. do you guys can do that i'm just gonna <laughs> sit here and who's the next mcdavid Bedard, yeah, uh, Connor Bedard. <laughs> Man, oh, he is so. One. If you haven't been watching Canada, by the way, just even Bedard had. I think he had two points in the game, but he he's just like the opening goal. In he Boulder. thinks it looks so freaking easy. It's the it is the and this is what you saw. And don't don't get me wrong. Gretzky and Lemieux and McDavid have this ability to like see what's going to happen, like three like three plays before it happens, right? Like mm-hmm. that that vision of. I know if I do this, this guy's going to be right here, and I'm going to get the puck there. But Dard seems to have that sort of supernatural vision of what's going to happen on the ice. He he is just, I'm telling you, just from watching him a handful of games in this tournament, you can see that he thinks that the game at a higher level than a lot of his teammates. And, like, McTavish is super, super skilled and is going to be a really good NHL player too. But it's that ability to see the game differently that separates the greats, right? And mm-hmm. I think we could probably say Patrick Kane has that ability a little bit too, where it's just he almost never yeah. takes a big hit. He knows where everybody is on the ice all the time. He knows how to sneak pucks through people. Like, Kane's got that ability too. Not many people who can uh, perform a spinning backhand no-look pass and know exactly where the puck is going to go. Yeah. Like, 
There's, there's, there's a, a, you can have all the, all the speed, all the skill in the world, but if your, your head is a rock, you're not going to go very far. Damn it. <laughs> Obi Wan Bedard. That's who he is. He's a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Check his midi chlorian counts. So, baby Yoda. S- Slaggard is the, I would say, of the three in the tournament uh, for Team USA. He's the closest NHL, right? I think we're looking at not next, not this coming season, but probably the the year following. For him, would be his real shot at making I, the team. Well, he's gonna I, he's gonna play in Notre Dame this year. Um, after we'll see that, him, we'll I don't see know. him this year. We'll see him at least in Rockford after his. Co- I, I I gotta imagine once the college season is over this year, he's gonna go pro, and so maybe he plays the last month of the season in Rockford, gets some hopefully some playoff games with the Ice Hogs. This year, maybe they throw him a bone at the end of the year. You know, hey, he's called up from college. Let's give him, you know, let's put him in the lineup here in Chicago for two games. You know, the last yeah. two games of the regular season. Reward him for, you know, a, a good season. So that's how I, uh, yeah. But as far as being a full-time NHL player, probably two seasons away a, at a least. Two seasons away, yeah. He'll be with Rockford next year uh, and let him, again, there's no, yeah, and no we're going to get into it in a moment here. There's no need to rush anybody so I feel like out of those three guys he's probably the guy that becomes a f- regular blackhawk before the other first two. Yeah, yeah yeah i i yeah i feel like you know there, there's a lot of time for for a lot of these prospects to develop um you know we we've we have been preaching patience to uh fans and listeners and the team i believe is is also preaching that to the prospects themselves like hey like understand like you you're going to have some time to develop don't feel like you need to you know be in the nhl when you're 20 i feel like there's very few players and prospects right now in the system that are on track to be in the nhl by the time they're 20 um you know lucas reichel is like like we mentioned earlier it, it seemed from what scott power said and what it seems like he understands from what the team is 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 uh, planning to do with Reichel is that he may start the season in Rockford. He played the he played the majority of the season in Rockford last year. Um, I don't think he plays the majority of the season in Rockford this year. I think maybe sure maybe he starts the season in Rockford. I think very quickly he will uh, establish himself as saying like, "Hey, uh, we're, we're we're done with this AHL thing. I think we're ready for the NHL." I th- I think that's coming for Reichel. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're. Um, until or unless they get uh, a player like Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli or, or anyone like that, I don't think we're looking at a player in, in, in the Blackhawks system that is going to be in the NHL uh, by or before their 20th birthday. So the quote here from Powers, and this was in his uh, Tuesday mailbag. He also released one uh, today if you want to check that out too at The Athletic. Um, quote, from everything I've heard, the Blackhawks are planning on Reichel to at least start the year with the Ice Hogs. To me, I thought that was a surprise. Um, and maybe I shouldn't have. I just have sort of been penciling Reichel in as an opening night uh, player. I mean, they they burned his first year, the first year of his contract last year. Uh, he played, uh, you know, what, what was it? 15? 15 games? Yeah. Uh, no, 11 games last year for the Hawks. 11. Um, so, like, it just seemed like that was the plan. Um, and obviously nothing has happened between now and then to – for him to lessen his value. And I, I understand the patience thing, so I'm not panicked about it, but I just, I just wonder how much more there is for him to show at Rockford at this point, right? right? Like he's already shown like, okay, I'm a pro. I can go down there and play. I can produce, I can play in all sorts of different roles. Like I think now is the time. And I don't feel like starting him in Chicago is really rushing him by any means. I think it's just, he's proven that he's ready for the next step of his career. That's sort of how I like, I think patience is good, but you shouldn't just be patient for the sake of it. If a player is showing you he's ready, by all means, let the player show you he's ready. And then if he's not, you can send him back. I don't know. I think Reichel has done everything he needs to do to earn a spot on the opening night roster. And if he tears it up yeah. in a preseason, they're going to send him yeah. down for what? Yeah. I don't I don't like the predetermined, if that's their thing, like, hey, you're starting in Rockford. Let uh, let. Let Reichel decide where Lucas Reichel starts the season. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. obviously, Let him play ha- his maybe, way. yeah, maybe they're yeah. telling him that maybe as a little motivation to maybe get him saying, "Oh, I'll show you. Screw you. I don't want to go to the Olive Garden anymore. I want to eat real <laughs> Chicago food." <laughs> like, so maybe that maybe that's just hey, let's put that out there so he can kind of be like 
know that his spot isn't guaranteed, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, and I'm all for patience. We've all we've gone through the list of players that they rushed to the NHL and 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 stunted growth. I'm all for patience. But if he's ready, he's ready. Put him in there. Put him yeah, in there. If he's right. not like he's, there's no reason why he's not one of the twelve best forwards in training camp. If he's not, I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> something something's not right here. So I, I, again, I'm all I'm all about patience. But if he's ready, play him. Put him out there. This is his time to see. You know, let him go. Let him get his growing pains at the NHL level in, in a season where there's no pressure to win. Right. If he's not ready. Then yes, yeah, start him in Rockford again. Call him up in November, but let Lucas Reichel tell you where Lucas Reichel needs to start in October. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be yeah, I, that's sorry Mario, that's gonna be the story of the preseason and the early season is what is going on with Lucas Reichel. He he's gonna be the mm-hmm. player to watch this year because he is the first yep. piece of the next generation of Hawks. You look at and say this guy will be here when they're good again. Um, so how does he look? And, and maybe there is a little bit of pressure in that and that, hey, like all eyes on Lucas this year, but whether they call it, whether he starts the season day one in Colorado or if it's in November, that's not going to change the story. It's not going to change the expectation. So right. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to watch. I expect him to be really solid in the preseason and kind of just not allow them to send him down. Mm-hmm. That would be best case yeah. scenario. I like, like you said, Greg, like I don't, I can't see a uh, scenario in which Reichel is not one of the 12 best forwards that we see through, through training camp in the preseason. Yes. And I don't think he's, I don't think he should be put in a position to say like, Hey, prove that you should be in the NHL. I he's think, done that. He's proved it. Yeah. I, I, I think he's, I think he's looked completely fine at, at, at the NHL level. I think he's had a, an off season to, you know, grow a little bit more into into his own body and 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 develop. He's still what nineteen, twenty years old, yeah. um, so he's still developing. He's able to get a you know put a little a little weight on, put a little muscle on, um, something that you know he he needed to do. And you know, I I think he shouldn't be in a position to say, hey, prove that you can be in Chicago. I, to me, I would go into it and say like, unless he plays his way into Rockford. There's no reason he shouldn't be on uh, uh, on the team to start the year. At allchgo.com, when I went through the the projected lineup, I had him in a top six uh, a top six role because also, how many months do we have of Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane still on this team? I think it's beneficial to play Reichel with the ability to play with those guys as much as possible before one or yeah. both of them are gone. That's a great point because you don't want him. <laughs> getting called up in November, December, and then a couple weeks later, like, congratulations, you're one C. Right. You're yeah. officially like, the best player on the team. Yeah. How about it? Right. Yeah. 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 Getting some time with those guys, even if it's not on their line with them on the Just team to them. alleviate yeah. some of the pressure yeah. from watching him. them, watching them in practice, practice watching them, them conduct themselves off them. the ice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Watching them well, on off days, all that stuff. Listen, Reichel averaged a point per game as a 19-year-old in the AHL, which is a grown-ass man's league. Yep. Like, that is a tough league mm-hmm. to produce in. It is full of grizzled veterans that will punch you in the face. Dudes uh, fighting for their NHL dreams. Exactly. Yeah. That is a grown. That is a tough league to produce for a 19-year-old who's never played in North America to come here and average a point per game in that league screams from the mountaintops he is ready for the nhl <laughs> yep yeah i, I agree think we, I, yeah, think, I think we're I th- all agreeing. I, I think he should he should definitely have a uh, uh a big opportunity but if he's got a bulk up mario anything yeah. you could recommend that might help him uh add some lbs i i have i can help him get fatter functional functional weight for the uh for the nhl does yeah lucas reichel need he could use some owen o-w-y-n standing for only what you need 
It is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen-friendly. They don't contain any gluten or dairy, that for, therefore making them a little bit more easily digestible. You may have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who also follows a plant-based diet. Right now, Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer where you can get 20% off of your first purchase when you go to liveowen.com and use the promo code CHGO20. So if you're like Lucas Reichel, trying to add some uh, add some muscle to your frame, uh, or if you're like Justin Fields, trying to muscle the Bears to a victory, uh, get yourself some Owen. That's O W Y N. Only what you need. <laughs> yeah, get a get a pony pump of that. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a fun week, man. We ha- we keep dreading. Uh, you know the the month yeah, of when's August. This, <laughs> when's this off season gonna start dragging? Oh, it's Jeez. gonna. But then we're gonna have games oh, it's really coming. really Is soon. It? This, I, we keep the, saying the that jun- the World Juniors goes to August twentieth, and then the the Tom Kerber Summer Showcase starts September fourteenth. Korchinski's gonna play in that, by the way, from what yes. I, from what I understand. I feel like we're gonna get a lot of the rookies in that. Yeah, maybe not the college guys because their seasons will be like almost uh, underway, or at least school year will be. But I think they're gonna we're gonna see a lot of the a lot of the CHL guys, maybe a couple of the European guys. That'll be that'll be fun to watch. Then the preseason begins. Yeah, and then it's training camp. And then we're right off after. to Denver. There we go. Woohoo! Go. Denver and Vegas, and baby. Season, Let's do it. Season starts. Can't wait. All right, fellas, have a great weekend. Uh, that goes for all of you listening as well. Even those of you who are mad about Caleb Jones and Philip Kershev, <laughs> we hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks for the continued support of the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. One reminder here before we wrap up for the week. Make sure you're subscribed on your podcast app. Wherever you're listening, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Turn on those notifications so you know when these audio-only podcasts drop. And if you're really feeling feisty and feeling friendly and you got 45 seconds for us, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would be massively helpful. That could be a random act of kindness for the week. Uh, Just write a couple sentences about, hey, great Blackhawks coverage. Love listening to the guys. Five stars. That goes so far for podcasters. Uh, so those, fi- and I'll tell you this too, by the way, uh, a four star Apple podcast review is basically the equivalent of zero stars. So it's just, trust me, five star review. If you love a podcast, even if it's not perfect, if you love a podcast, give it five stars, leave it a brief review. And it's really, really helpful. So if you could do that for us, we would greatly appreciate it. All right. We're going to wrap things up for Mario and Greg. I'm Jay. We'll talk to you Monday at 11 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.